This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Rachel Turner, and this week is more Easter because it's coming round the corner. What's your Easter tradition thing? Because when I was a kid, my parents had like Easter baskets full of candy and they would just, well, like one basket full of candy and just hide that one basket. And then it was just my job to find that basket. But in my family, we do like all these little eggs with, you know, the little plastic eggs and we fill them with little bits of candy and I hide them all over my house. But I have learned now, by the way, wisdom in hindsight, that we now have to take pictures of where all the eggs are. (laughs) Because if you hide a whole bunch of them and then you gather them all in and you're like, I think that's fine, then you're finding melted bits of chocolate all over your house for the next year. So now when I hide the eggs, I have to take photos of where they are. And then I have to like have my family affirm to me that they have found this one. Did you find this one? It, I think you kind of might have sucked the joy out of it. But anyways, that's what I do. So we'd love to hear from you what your Easter traditions are. But anyways, today's uh, episode uh, is about, uh, ooh, we're going to do the big question of, uh, you know, it's Easter. We talk about salvation. How am I supposed to lead my kid to Christ? You know, is there a big moment? And how do I do that big moment? We're going to talk about when you're so tired and you feel like you got nothing inside faith-wise, how do you parent for faith when your soul feels like a crinkly bit of old dry parchment? And uh, we're also going to hear from our friend Ellie Bird uh, about what Willy Wonka has to do with a spiritual view of Easter. Fascinating. Uh, And it's not about the candy. So let's get started. Okay, so this is a question uh, that almost every parent has but doesn't ask, and so I'm going to answer it for you. Uh, the question is, uh, what do I do about salvation with my kid, and uh, do we? How do I lead my kid to Christ? Do I need to do help them pray the prayer? Um, how old is that a thing? Uh, how old are they actually accountable before God for their decisions? And and they're all it. It's a big question, and particularly around Easter, it comes up because it's when we're all thinking about it. Um, And many experts in children's spirituality who are much wiser and smarter than me have written many books and theological treatises, treaties I, treaties, treaties, on it, and uh, they have a range of views. So uh, rather than give you an overview of all the theological thinkings out there, uh, I thought I'd give you my view on it. Uh, but also I want to say that it's okay to have your view on it too. To um, Parenting for Faith is all about walking along your kids in their journey. And you, just as you are with your faith journey, are perfectly equipped to help them take the next step in their Christian journey. So please don't feel that there is a absolute right way, this one hoop for them to perfectly jump through and you need to be trained in how to do that. You are on your journey of of walking with God, and you can help them find that yourself just as you are. And so I'm going to give you my view on this, but feel free to disagree, feel free to change, adapt, think differently. Um, For me, uh, and having worked with kids for 15 years, um, my thinking on this is this, 
Do you, as an adult, have one big becoming a Christian moment? Um, Some of us do and some of us don't. Um, My journey is this. I was a four-year-old. Well, I was born into a Christian family and, uh, and remember traditions of faith. Well, I barely remember traditions of faith when I was a baby, but I'm, I have talked to my parents and I know we did praying and I remember them singing worship songs at night. And I, I have all these memories of sort of being in a Christian environment, but I remember being four years old and uh, in Sunday school and looking at a felt Jesus on a felt board uh, being put on a cross and taken up. And I remember all of a sudden that the gospel making sense to me in some way. I have a tangible memory. I remember the skirt of the lady who was teaching. I remember the feel of the chair that I was sitting on. And I remember um, getting that Jesus died on the cross for me. And I was free from sin and punishment because of that. And I just remember saying, thank you, God. And I am so glad you did that for me, God. I want to give you my life. And I remember saying in my little voice, I want to give you my life in my head and um, and feeling different. That was my four-year-old. But that I wouldn't say that that was my becoming a Christian moment. I guess I, because my becoming a Christian moment, I feel like is my whole life. That was one moment where I feel like I understood the cross, but I don't think it was really till I was seven that I began to get like the whole eternity thing because I have a very strong memory of being seven and uh, being freaked out that I was going to die at night. And so therefore I would, (laughs) at this point, I had heard somebody praying the prayer. And so I remember praying the prayer every night because someone at school did the, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And I remember thinking, people can die in their sleep. So then every night I was like, oh, God, clear me of my sin. Please, I want to be a Christian forever because I don't want to die and go to hell. And I just remember that being a thing when I was seven. Uh, But that was when I was sort of grasping eternity. I remember being nine. And uh, I think my mom's told this story already of when I really met God powerfully and felt the 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 sort of touch of God, um, the, the sort of feeling the Holy Spirit um, really call me into relationship that really I want to chat and catch with him and talk back and forth with him. And um, and I remember beginning to worship in my bed and, and praying and singing to him you know, on my own. Like I was really beginning to pursue a relationship with him when I was nine. I remember being 11 and uh, really wanting to be wise. My mom's really wise. And I remember wanting to be wise. And so that was when I began to really want to be useful to people. And so I began to like pray every day that God would make me wise. And um, I actually, I remember sinning and wanting to run to him and be like, oh, I'm so ashamed, God. And that real understanding of being a sinful person who makes mistakes and wanting to fix it. I remember being uh, 11 and, and that being really key for me. Um, but 14, at 14 was when I really got how to catch God's voice and, and like in a consistent way where I could have conversations with him. I feel like before that I would catch his communications randomly and, and sort of, it was in a gentle way, but 14 was when I really had proper conversations with him. And 15, I really got his deep passion for others. And, uh, you know, I was doing theater at the time and just, just looking at all these people who, who didn't know God and thinking, Oh, he loves them so much. And, I want to tell them about how much he loves them and and getting that part. And last week I was um, learning about how um, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word and what that means for God. I'm still 
learning the gospel. Um, my whole life is a series of becoming a Christian, I guess, over and over and over and over again. Did I understand the fullness completely of the gospel when I was four? No. Do I now understand the fullness of the gospel? No, I don't think I do. I think I will be on a constant journey of understanding who he is and responding to the gospel over and over and over and over and over again until the day I see him face to face. And so I would encourage you that the disciples were on that journey. <laughs> when did they become Christians? Um, they were on that journey of discovering who Jesus was and understanding and responding to the fullness that they understood to him and growing in that understanding. And you've been on that journey and our kids are on the same journey. The more we expose them to the whole story of the gospel, the more we um, talk about sin and purpose and the cross and uh, what Jesus has done for us and what he's calling us to, the more we um, allow them access to it, the more they can respond to it. And as they respond to it to the best of their ability at the moment, to me, they are stepping into that next step with God. And we can help them respond to whatever part of the gospel is in front of them. So if you feel like you want to lead them through something sort of formally, um, rather than praying a prayer, you can always um, just suggest to them ways of connecting to him. You can say, you know, if you all you need to do, if you ever feel worn down or um, that you've just made a lot of mistakes and you feel your heart's feeling covered, all you need to do is tell God how you feel and what you want him to do. You can say, God, I'm so sad I made these choices. My heart feels, ugh, you know, please take all of this away and clean me up so we can be reconnected. I want you to be king of my life. And that's that's just natural connection with him. But to me, that is a response to the gospel. And there are so many different ways, so many different ways of dripping in how to respond to the gospel into our lives, whether it's in common prayer, whether it's conversations, whether it's stories about our days, you'll be able to surf the wave of how your kids responding to the gospel now and help them take the next step. Not the only step, the next step. Okay, so today's question is, is uh, I think we can, our souls all agree. Uh, this f very fantastic parent uh, emailed in and said, uh, I want to do all of this stuff with my kid, but I am so tired spiritually and physically and mentally and emotionally. How can I grow my kids in faith when I've got nothing? Um, first of all, I just want to give you a hug. hug. I understand. We all understand. Parents around the nation are screaming. We understand uh, and we love you. Um, the answer to your question, I guess, is on one hand, because we're co-journeying, you are helping their relationship with God. So uh, this isn't about you having a perfect and filled up fantastic faith. And then and only then can you help your kids find theirs. This, this, um, I know a lot of people find the analogy of, um, of the airplane, you know, where, you know, you have to get your own air mask on and then help your somebody else. And I, I, uh, I have mixed feelings about that analogy because <laughs> on one hand, I'm like, yeah, you, in order for you as a beloved child of God to flourish in life and parenting, be connected to God because that's so vital for you. Um, 
But uh, I don't want to say that you have to get it all right before your kid can have anything, uh, because I don't think that's true. Uh, I think God is more faithful than that. And so as you are on your journey, you may feel like you've got nothing, but that doesn't mean that God isn't talking to your kid and helping your kid and walking with your kid. And sometimes we will be on our knees and look over and our kids having a fantastic time with God. And, uh, and that doesn't mean that we're like, well, I'm terrible and I can't lead them in it. You can absolutely help them on their journey while you're on your knees, but that is not the design. So, um, one of the things I'd want to say is, um, a lot of parents find it hard to find a new path with God when they become a parent. Um, I feel like that should be in like every, so you're becoming a parent course. I know we have a lot of, well, maybe that's an idea. Maybe I should do something about it. We'll see. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of, um, so you're becoming a parent. This is how it's going to affect your marriage stuff. Um, but I, I do think we need to begin to talk about how it's going to affect your relationship with God because it gets different. It changes. There's different priorities and less time and so much more tiredness. And uh, and often it shifts into different patterns of connection and it can take us a while to find it. And I know some parents who take 10, 15 years to find it because um, they didn't realize that, that they needed a new pattern. And so one of the things is that it's okay. You, your life has changed and it's going to take a while to find out this new path of connection. Um, and so it's more about a shift of time and habits um, because sometimes our old habits got destroyed and our new habits haven't been established. Um, and most of the time it's about finding God in the everyday rather than in your large chunks of time. And so it's learning the skills. And I do believe it is a skill of worshiping while you're doing something. <laughs> Um, I have had some great encounters with God while doing dishes, um, but it took a while to figure out what it's like to like keep my hands moving and, and confident to play the music while my kids doing homework and just have some time with God in the midst of it all. Um, you've, you've got to grab those times or in the car while you're waiting or while you're driving great worship times, uh, to, to put into the everyday, the times that you feel most connected to God. If you're a worshiper, worship all the time. Do not wait for you to have yourself space, uh, on the side. I'm learning the skill of praying with your eyes open. Another massive thing. Uh, a lot of parents of under five struggle with um, how to engage with church because their eyes are open and their bodies aren't still. And there is a massive skill in learning how to genuinely worship and pray and share your heart with God while also shaking a toy in the other hand. That takes practice and a willingness to do those things at the same time. Uh, whether it's listening to podcasts while you're driving, even if your kids are in the room and or kids are in the car and it's not focused on them, that's okay. Uh, they can listen to a sermon too, you know? Uh, feel confident to find your own pattern of connecting with God in your everyday. Um, what do you miss? What do you crave? It's that face-to-face time with God. Uh, I know... Uh, I know I was really struggling when I was really tired, also during the cancer, that um, my best times with God were first thing in the morning and last time at sleep, not because I did anything. Besides, I'd crawl into bed, I'd close my eyes, I'd picture God being my bed, and I'd be like, oh God, I'm so tired, my body hurts, I'm really sad, and then I'd fall asleep. Uh, and then I'd wake up in the morning and I'd be like, okay, God, before I even open my eyes, how are you? How's your night? 
This is how I'm feeling about my day. And those five minutes before I went to sleep and those five minutes before I woke up became the the essence of my connection with God through parenting and life because those were moments that couldn't be stolen from me. I would always be at some point in bed. (laughs) Um, And that could be different for you. Um, So feel free to find your own pattern. And uh, you can talk about it with your kid. You can say, um, I miss God and I miss... Um, I miss getting to do that with him. So I'm going to try this for a little bit because I'm trying to find my good connection points with God because I want you to have yours too. Go on an experiment journey. What works for you? Not what should work, not what you're supposed to do, um, but what works for you? What, What pattern of life with God and scripture and prayer works for you? And then do that. Um, so that as your kid grows in faith and as you coach them in faith, you are also growing in yours. Um, because it's about co-journeying and um, and God is faithful to you both. For our wild card section today, we have our friend Ellie Bird. She is the youth and children's pastor at St. Chad's in Romley. She also is the author of the book Blended, uh, which is a look at reimagining how we do church family together and alongside each other. And she uh, was is answering the question that I had about how do we help kids engage with Good Friday and Easter as a whole from her particular take. And uh, she uses something really interesting uh, connecting Willy Wonka to this. And I thought you should hear it. So for when it when it comes to knowing the story, um, there, of course, are loads of Bibles out there um, of different versions. Um, They all emphasize slightly different things, of course, um, and some of them have been made into cartoons. Uh, One of the ones I love that is on YouTube um, and is a visual narration of a book that came out a few years ago called The Garden, The Curtain and The Cross by Carl Lafferton. And it is brilliant. It doesn't just talk about what happened in Holy Week. It talks about the fullness of the gospel from Genesis all the way through. It talks about the fact that there was a problem and God had a solution. And I love that. And I love the way it equips young people with the full history of the gospel that they are celebrating at Easter weekend. But I want to I want to focus on the celebrating because it's something that took me years to start to get a grip of. As a teenager, I used to run away from the idea of Good Friday and I would avoid any event that had anything to do with it if I could because I was just so full of shame. I just struggled with this idea of having to own up to the fact that it was me and my mistakes that put Jesus on the cross. And I was locked in that shame for for many years. And God really took me by the hand and has guided me really gently to a place of being able to celebrate, to be able to declare that Good Friday is in fact good. And Easter Sunday is his triumph over all. And a couple of years ago at our church, I used the old film, um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, to look at that as a church family. We talked about the fact that this golden ticket 
was the most amazing thing ever. It gave entrance into the best place ever. And you didn't even have to earn it, you just had to find it. Of course, there is the element of buying the chocolate bars, but that's okay. We can grapple with two different ideas at the same time. We talked about the fact that this golden ticket was the most precious thing ever because it got you in, not because of what it was worth. But also, I showed a clip from right at the end of the film, right at the very end when Charlie is with Willy Wonka and he thinks all is lost because he's made a mistake. And then the goodness in him is seen by this amazing factory owner. And everything changes. All of a sudden, Willy Wonka starts shouting, you win, you win, Charlie, you're going to get everything you ever wanted and even more. And what Charlie finds out is that this ticket didn't just get him in to see the factory. It was the means by which he gets to inherit everything. He is chosen to inherit the fullness of Willy Wonka's kingdom, the fullness of his business and the um, crazy factory and all it can includes, of course, including chocolate. And I love that idea that what we're celebrating on Good Friday is that Jesus won the ticket for us. That Jesus didn't just get us into a good party, but he got us into heaven. The place that will be forever full of joy and peace and um, our Father in heaven. And that he shares his inheritance with us. We get that full inheritance of heaven because of him. One of my favourite verses in the Bible is in Ephesians 1. It says, it's in Jesus that we find out who we are and what we're living for and where we fit in. Long before we first heard of him, he had his eye on us and had designs on us for glorious living, a part, um, part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. My prayer for us as parents and leaders and kids is that this Good Friday, we would learn a little bit more how to celebrate. Celebrate the sacrifice that changes us at DNA level to be full of God's light. The sacrifice that ripped the curtain in the Holy of Holies apart so that we could, we could live with God here on earth and know that we will be with him for eternity in heaven. And that while on earth, we can have the full inheritance that God and Jesus have for us. And today's question for starting an interesting conversation with your kids is, if you could invent a new Easter tradition for our family, what would it be? Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.